What's up, people? What's up? Welcome to another episode of I Am Negan, and this is for Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 2, Welcome to the Club. Oh, wow. This this, this was good. This was a good episode. I enjoyed it. There was a little ups and downs. I personally feel there was some inconsistencies with the story. We'll get into that. But uh, overall, I, I think it's on, the, it's on the right path for this season. Uh, I am your host, Adam Vale. Tonight, I'm joined by Dana Abercrombie. Hello, everyone. And Richard Bailey, Jr. Good evening, everyone. All right, people. All right. Thanks again for all the support for the show, especially for everything that we're doing here with the, the I Am Negan podcast. Thanks for the subs and the views. It's been great. Everybody's still interested in The Walking Dead, and that's fine by us, because we're definitely invested. So here we go. Let's get this show started. The first scene looks like we're now at the compound of one of the compounds for Virginia. You see a group of men and women walking together in their jumpsuits. They have the number 41. Sort of looks like a prison. It's dark. They're led into a warehouse. There's two men there. One is to the right. He has a gun. The other one to the left is holding onto a chain for a gate. Right, so on the other side of this fencing, it will this gate, the steel gate within the warehouse, you hear growls and stuff. I mean, pretty much walkers, right? There's a lot of the banging on the gate. Don't know how deep this warehouse is. They don't give us one of those faraway shots we could see. Like, is this a massive warehouse? Because it sounds like it's a massive warehouse. And as we find out later on, it does appear to be a massive warehouse. So uh, we hear guard number one with the gun says, Hey, Virginia believes in second chances. You know, so if it was up to me, just be dead. But yeah, I'm, this is your second chance. Don't really know what's going on. They have some weapons. Everyone looks scared. And the weapons are real basics, like a spear, stick, stuff like that. They don't have guns. So he tells uh, the other guy, the other guard, to start raising the gate. The guy starts raising the gate. Not even two feet off the ground. The, what do you think? The, the chick gets stuck. All right, it's stuck. You hear all the growls. You see like hands and stuff coming from underneath. He's like, "What's going on? Lift the gate! Lift the gate!" He's trying to do it. He says it's stuck. One of the uh, the walkers grabs his leg, starts pulling him. He goes under. The, the 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 main guard with the gun starts screaming out to one of the the the, the prisoners, "Hey, help him!" So female one comes running over. She's like, I'm going to help, you know. And, and next, you know, she gets grabbed. She's pulled under. Now you got two, both of these uh, people getting pulled underneath. Which at first, when uh, we don't know, we'll find out more. And I'll get into that more of how easy it is for these people to get pulled. Why so easy? But at this point, I'm thinking, yeah, just kick it off. You know, just one hand on his ankle. Just move your leg. You know, they don't have firm grips. They're dead. Remember that. They don't have super strength. You know, this isn't 28 days later. This is it. It's walking dead. They're just dead zombies. 
So uh, they get both get start getting pulled under, and she now reaches for uh, the the guard that had the gun. So he starts shooting and he's doing everything that he can. So he runs across to now pull to to close the gate because he's like, all right, this is this is falling apart quick, and he's asking for help. And another of the the prisoners, we find out his name is Sanjay, but I'll just call him Sanjay now. Sanjay, he's terrified. He's like, I'm not doing that. He's not moving. He's just like standing there, freaked out. So he doesn't help. All of a sudden. What do you know? The that guard with the gun, he gets grabbed, he gets pulled under, and he's like uh, up to his torso. And then all of a sudden, Sanjay's like, "Yeah, I think I'll go help." Why? Why are you even gonna bother helping at that point? You see, he's already done. They're probably mauling on his legs now, so there's no point. So even if you pull him out, he's still gonna turn because of all the bites. But whatever. Sanjay runs over, tries to pull him, pull him, doesn't work. He gets pulled underneath, and then magically the gate slams down shut guys just standing there shocked there you go boom that was our opening scene then we get fear of the walking dead the crest so right there from that scene alone rich what did you think because you, you really enjoyed this episode i'm sure this pulled you in what did you think of this whole scene here with the with the prisoners uh yeah uh i enjoyed the episode uh i, I want to say right now and we'll get into this character later but i was not a fan of the sanjay character because he was very cowardly when all this went down. And, you know, one key moment within that, that opening scene is that you saw when the lady went under, even she was trying to reach out for help. Yeah. Where You know, right next to the guard. And what did the guard do? He shot her in the face. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, obviously I, I didn't really care about the guard when the guard went under. I was thinking the Sanjay character was just going to, you know, hurt the guard or ensured that the guard was going to get killed, but he didn't do nothing. He just stood there and, and just didn't help. And I didn't want him to help. I wanted him to make that guard pay for just killing one of the prisoners for just getting the prisoner killed a lot faster. So, um, yeah, I mean, but, but I did like the, I did like the way that it, that it opened. Um, it looked as though there was going to be a new obstacle that was going to come into play as we discovered later. But yeah, I didn't have any issues with, with how it opened. I, I just thought, again, it really highlights when it comes to the situation with these walkers. Um, and it's a life or death situation. It, it really highlights that, that people are willing to do whatever they can to sacrifice someone else to try and get free. But in this case, it didn't work out for anybody because the majority of people got killed in mm -hmm. that exchange. No, no, yeah. It's whenever that was another issue I had in a way because I remember seeing at the opening scene you see like a few of them walk into them, meaning uh, the prisoners. But the only two they focus on during this whole scene is the, the woman that gets pulled under and Sanjay. But yeah, he was terrified, and that's believable. That's the type of fear that I want to see from Iris. You know, from a world beyond. I want to see that terrifying. <laughs> Come on now. You've never seen anything like this. You've never seen it. Show it in your face. Act. Act to me. You know, d deliver the, the fear. I mean, she, I don't know. I feel that personally, if you're going to be part of any of these type of shows, you should have some background in doing like horror. I want to know that you were in a horror movie or some other prior horror shows that you know how to 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 display fear and, and and anxiety and dread and just like oh that's what i want i want to see it on your face you shouldn't even have to deliver a line just jamie lee curtis this scene right now do it do it 
you know, but whatever. Once I saw that he was the focus that they were showing him constantly instead of the other people in the group, I was like, all right, he's going to play a big part in this. Dana, you got anything you want to say on this before we move on? Well, yes, I particularly love this opening. As we'll know later on, it sets a lot of the tone for later on. But for me with this, you know, it showed I was very confused at first um, with them just ushering them in and, you know, giving them spears and saying, here you go. That's it. Um, but the fact that there were other people there that had guns kind of made me feel like they could have neutralized the situation very easily. But they just chose not to. Um, the fact that Sanjay was, you know, terrified was a very believable reaction. And then him having that delayed response with trying to pull the guy out, even though he is one of the guys that, you know, an over, I don't know, overseer guy who just is making him do this task. But, you know, that shows like like that kind of humanity. Mm thing that he still has and yes you mean you may say why are you pulling him out because he's already gone but i want to think that you know sometimes we do things in the moment that may not make any sense just because our adrenaline is going and you know we're just trying to save somebody and yes it may be a lost cause but still you're just trying to save someone and not just stand there um but in the end his fear kind of was the reason why he lived in that self-preservation yeah he stood back and he survived he yeah, which again kind of made me wonder where was everybody else with the guns? Because mm-hmm. like even their own men was just you know yeah, nobody well. else ran in. As we find out later on, that place has ten uh, rangers at all times. Yeah, so there was which others. Is- you would think they would have heard all the screams and was like, <laughs> oh shoot, they're having some issues. Let's go and assist. Well, 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 let me just throw this point in real, real quick, real, real quick to, to to piggyback off of what Dana said. If it's one thing that I learned in this opening scene, it's that I really do not in any way fear any of Virginia's uh, Rangers or anybody. They all did absolutely nothing in this episode. You saw later what happened to some of them. So I, it is believable that they could be taken down from this one, from that opening scene. It was believable to me. Okay, that threat could be neutralized very easily, but we'll see how they tell the storyline. And what we, I think we picked this up from the earlier ones is that these are not trained soldiers. Yeah. These are just people that she picks up and if they're loyal and they want a job, this is the job they give them. So they're not mentally prepared for something like this, probably. They're not they're, real soldiers have seen combat or been trained. They, they know how to react. They know what to do. The, this guy clearly didn't know because then he would have stood back. He would have kept the distance. He would have called for help. You know, do something. But whatever. Or they at least had some other weapons. I still find it funny he only had that one pistol, especially when you're dealing with a group. Later on, you see that they have assault rifles. So why didn't he have one of those with him? You're about to open up a gate with who knows how many walkers. You think that this group of uh, ragtag uh, prisoners that are terrified right now are going to be able to take them all out? It was silly. That that just didn't make much sense. But whatever. Well, it's, God. it's not the CRM. No, no, it's definitely not. Really? It's definitely not. There we go. All right, so the next scene we jump into, and we see Alicia and Strand. You know, Victor Strand. I have to say both of them, just in case people get confused, because in this episode, they call them by both names, first and last. So anyway, we got to see Alicia, and we see Strand, and... They're emptying buckets. They're wearing masks. They're emptying buckets. And it's shit buckets. You can clearly see it's shit buckets. And they're lighting on fire. Just this is it. They're latrine duty. That is their job. So as they're doing this dirty job, the the SWAT van that they used to have shows up. 
we see two rangers in there. We find out that the ranger who's driving, his name is Marcus. He's uh, he's the prick, right, that we're supposed to hate because he clearly comes out and he tells him, it's like, hey, I'm over there down at the canteen about to have my meal, but we smell all this shit because the wind is blowing. So you got to move the canisters, right? Out of nowhere, and this is really surprising with this delivery with Strand saying, no, not doing it. You do it. And I'm like, this is not the Strand that I know because usually he's he was plotting he's trying to do something he's really not trying to get the, into too many confrontations because he's trying to plot a way out of this but right here I'm like yeah it's almost like a death wish I said what well, this guy could just come out and shoot you and sure enough what happens both of the soldiers the rangers get out he walks up he says oh you think you're all high and mighty so important then how come you're over there with the, the shit bucket and I, the best scene was like he's like just chucks at him he's like yeah you're with the shit bucket you know just throws it at him and again, I'm like, death wish. I guess he's just fed up and he's ready to die. Ranger points the gun at him. The other uh, ranger says, hey, stand down. Don't you know, relax. And then this is where we get introduced to a new character. Her name, Dakota. She's, there's a fence on the other side of this area. And a girl screams out, you know, stop, don't shoot. Whole thing. And we find out from another man who's behind her, tells her, it says, Dakota, get away from the fence. Now, he's the boss. He comes over, and I guess he overheard what was happening because he instantly says, we're going to let Virginia uh, handle this. Handle what? I mean, you try to figure out the situation, but whatever. They jump real quick from that scene to the next scene. Now we see them, and I'll get you guys in because there's a key point that's coming up, but nothing really, really crazy happened here. Once they get into the town, you see Alicia and Strand in their handcuffed and they're walking through this busy town, hustle and bustle. And everybody seems real nonchalant. Like, this is okay. They, they've, they've, there's nothing crazy about seeing two people walk, walking through handcuffed with a gunman behind them. Whatever. I guess it's just part of life there. But then we see that Dakota is on the side following them. Alicia sees her says, oh, thanks for trying to help. And she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, uh, we know who you are. I know who you are. And, you know, Marcus is a prick and da, da, da. So the next scene, and this is where we're going to get into, we see Virginia, she's getting a haircut. And who's doing the haircut? It's Daniel. And if you know from his original story, he owned a barbershop. He knows how to cut hair. So he's cutting her hair, doing the whole thing. Alicia and Strand are escorted into that office room area where she's at. And this right here was a, a very important scene. A lot happens here because basically we find out that there's some kind of arrangement or something going on because once uh virginia discovers like hey strange you i see that you assaulted one of my officers she could have just put him down there she could have just said that's it you're gonna die but she says no you know what you, i'm gonna give you another chance to redeem yourself you and alicia you're gonna go and you're gonna do this other mission marcus is gonna take you to go do that and then the, the part this is what i'm gonna ask you guys very awkward is that the guards leave virginia leaves and Daniel was there with Alicia and Strand. Why would they leave Daniel there? Someone that was part of the crew. Why would they do that? Now, we're going to get into it because there's just a lot here. But right there, you see Strand trying to talk to Daniel. Daniel doesn't. It says, I don't know who you are. You know, he's packing up his tools. Daniel starts talking to him in Spanish. You know, thinking maybe that'll trigger. Again, he says, I don't know who you are. And then he says, Daniel says, you know what? You look like a, you're just a troubled man. Something bur You have some burdens. Some stuff going on. And he takes out uh, a St. Christopher medallion keychain. A little, a little necklace type thing. One of those things that you would, like a rosary type thing. But St. Uh, 
St. Christopher, puts it in his hand and says, you need it more than I do. My wife used to have one. I found this from a dead body. Good luck. And then he leaves. So right there, a lot to pack in, but this is where we get to see, for some reason, Virginia wants to keep these two alive. We, What the hell did they do to uh, Daniel? He clearly has been brainwashed. She says she did something to him because Alicia had tried talking and he did not want to. He said he didn't want any trouble. He didn't want to talk. She's like, yeah, he was arguing about his cat, that he wanted his cat. And so we took care of that. So they did something. So what do you guys, Dana, from this scene here, all the stuff that just happened, what did you gather? What information? Um, here's the thing. I really don't know. It is some form of brainwashing, maybe some form of torture. And then when you mention the cat, my mind automatically goes to they killed the cat. Mm. That's me. Um, so I think that, you know, clearly, as we'll see later on, I think that he's afraid of them, but he's also at the same time smart enough to work out something where he's not going to be completely um, overruled by them. He's going to fight. Because that's what I was thinking. Maybe it's just when she said she took care of that, maybe it was more of a fear thing that they planted. Maybe it wasn't so much of a, uh, like a, a, a electric shock or some medications that well, he's on. Maybe they just, yeah, like you said, but I just thought about like what you said, maybe they just tortured him to the point that he just like became very submissive. It's like, all right, I'm done. You, you got it out of me. I don't give a shit. You need me as a barber. I'm just the barber. That's it. I lose. What about you, Rich? Yeah, I mean, from this moment, and as we saw other interactions Daniel had in this episode, I I definitely thought that they there was some form of brainwashing. But uh, as you'll get into later, I, I I mean, that's not what the case is. I think he just was very very careful about how he was interacting with certain characters, just to make sure to make them believe that he didn't remember anything and just keeping everything under wraps um in terms of what happened with the cat i'm assuming we'll find out more about that later as well i do like dana's theory perhaps the cat uh did not survive but um i mean we'll, we'll see what happens but for right now i just think he did a very good job playing undercover and just pretending like he didn't know anybody and so he's just spoilers spoilers in the spoiler cast whoa whoa what well, that's it. Yeah, you, you pretty much. There you go. No pun intended. You let the cat out the bag. <laughs> there you go. Come on, man. All right. So the next scene we see is uh, the we see Alicia and Strand, and now they're in the SWAT van that they used to have, and they're being brought to this new location. And we find out what location that is. This is over at the warehouse. Now it's their time, but it's daylight, so. They're shown off into this area, and it's like, hey, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And same type of situation. We hear all the walkers banging on the gate. But the funny part, and I, and I guess it was just very out of place, it's to see Sanjay there, and he's scrubbing the floor. Why are you scrubbing? What do you give a shit? There's a bunch of walkers in a dirty warehouse. Who's walking in and saying, damn, it smells bad here? Yeah, I'm sure it does. There's a bunch of walkers on the other side. I just don't get that, but whatever. They're standing there, it's like, what do you want us to do? And, you know, what's going on in there? And Marcus, who's one of us escorting them, tells them that they have to clear all the walkers out. He says, why? What's in there? He's like, uh, the future. Virginia says the future is in there. We need that. And if, and he even sort of hints at what happens, which also threw me off with this when he says, he says, if you can do this task, then you will be part of the future. Right? And that was an interesting little 
uh, back and forth with that because I'm like, hmm, why, why would you say that to whatever? You know, and then at that moment, you see some guy just running down the, the street or the little open area near the warehouse and he gets shot dead. And you see that there's a ranger up on a, a structure further off in the distance. It was like, yeah, every once in a while we get runners, you know, but this is what happens to them. And he gets shot. So it's like, all right, so how are we going to take care of all these walkers? All right, we got supplies coming. All right. So now we have time for them just to linger around, which is another weird part of this situation. So they just say, all right, just stay, stay here and hang out. Then at this point, we see some familiar faces show up. Janice, who is part of the crew, she shows up and was like, oh, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, I, I did some bad things. You know, it didn't work out. It's like, oh, OK. And then we see Charlie show up. In fact, I think I flipped that the wrong way. Charlie had first showed up. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I tried to escape twice. So this is where they put the people that are breaking the rules, which goes back to what the original, the, the first scene and what the soldier said. It's like this is second chance right and this is what virginia does she gives them a second chance so we got these four original crew of now all together and they're like what are we supposed to do we gotta clear this room out this is what they're saying uh janice points that there's a bunch of other prisoners behind the fence strand instantly says he's got a plan he said we're gonna take out all these guards he's like how many of those people are there loyal can we do this will they work with us janice like ah some of them are some may not you know it's gonna be the same situation like sanjay they're probably some they don't want to do anything so he's like well we got to come up with a plan so right here we're, we're seeing something get formed all right so rich what did you gather from all this like did you did all this work out for you just when it comes to the structure and how they were building up this this tension of like all right now they're getting ready to do the the job that we saw from the first part oh yeah well <clears throat> i personally think everything worked out exactly how, how i would imagine it would you know we we obviously needed to also find out what was happening with other characters such as uh janice um I mean, we, we had to figure out what, what was going on with, with her and Charlie as well. So it was and, good that they brought them back. Now we see that those those members are all together in this part. Because remember, they were split off. We it's, still exactly. don't know where John and, and everyone else are. But, all right, keep going. Exactly. Yeah, we had to see where they was where they was going to end up. To, to, to go to your earlier comment about why Sanjay was uh, cleaning the, that, that part of the warehouse, I think that is believable because, again... These people are prisoners, and I'm pretty sure that they have the guards have them doing all types of menial tasks that they wouldn't do otherwise, such as cleaning the area where, again, they would have to go go about this test. So I think that is believable. Um, but how everything came together with them having to formulate a plan, it makes sense. And then the whole thing about them being in the warehouse and not and them just leaving them casually in there. It was already established that if they was to run, the guards would shoot. So I, they couldn't go nowhere. They had to stay in that area to figure out what it is. What are we going to do to try to get past this uh, obstacle? Yeah. So I think everything was believable as far as this scene is is concerned oh, yeah. and how it all came together. And what about because I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I was like, might as well, because it, this is one of the silly moments, I guess, for me that I when Sanjay looks over and they're like, oh, what are you doing here? Strand was talking. Was like, How did you? end up here and he's like oh well i was part of the first group and i saw what happened here when they all got killed but i know about you you know we all respect you for standing up to marcus how does he know how does he oh, know that's that? a great well that's 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 a very good question uh i don't know that so i mean uh, hey maybe it was by word of mouth 
I guess it had to be by word of mouth. I I, I don't know otherwise. Yeah, that, that, you know what I mean? Because if it's like unless unless it's uh, Dakota spreading all of it, because who was there? We had Dakota at that scene. We had the the passenger of the Ranger, who's also a Ranger. We had Marcus, yeah. and then we had a boss. So uh, who would spread that? Whatever. It, it's just something that, that triggered in my head. Dana, what did you think of this scene? Again, uh, pretty interesting scene. Uh, it kind of uh, wasn't exactly unique in the sense that, you know, when you get a bunch of different people coming in, you kind of do feel like there was going to be some type of tag team action going on later on. Um, but it was nice to kind of see everyone kind of reunite in a weird way. And also going back to another thing, when he was talking about Sanjay and why he was cleaning the, the floor with the zombie gut stuff, he is still like, you know, a, as, he, as Richard said, he's a prisoner. And we, he, you know, the guy, there was the other guy who got shot for just running. And it was just one man. So what exactly is one man going to do against this entire, what seems to be like a encampment of army people? So to me, that scene made sense again. And he just really just wanted to stay alive. So he was just cleaning up that zombie guts. Yeah. Well, they even told him, too. They were like, how did you survive? He's like, I stood back. <laughs> That's it. I, I didn't help. I could have helped, but I didn't. So we see at this point, they, it, they pan off, and it's now just Alicia and Strand. And Strand says he has a plan. He's like, this is it. He's like, there's more of us. I'm going to let these walkers out. And we have the, the rest of the crew, and we're just going to take over. We already know that there's only nine rangers here. We can do this. And she starts, she gets a little, she's just standoffish with the whole thing. She's like, nah, I don't think this is a good plan. You're putting everyone's life at risk. And they're going back and forth on this situation. And then uh, the Rangers announce, hey, we got your supplies. And it's like, okay. So they go over to get their supplies. And it's the same thing that we saw at the beginning. It's just spears. There's nothing crazy. It's like, how are we supposed to handle all these walkers with them? We're like, well, figure it out. That sounds silly. Because honestly, they should know that there's no way to do it. And they even said, it was in one point where Marcus, uh, where Strand told Marcus, like, you have the, the SWAT vehicle, just use the guns and mow it down. I was like, no, uh, uh, Virginia doesn't want to damage what's inside. She doesn't want to take that chance. So this is how you have to do it. No guns. You got to use uh, these spears. So they're grabbing it and they're laughing. Like, not laughing, but just like, can't believe that this is what they have to use. And then all of a sudden we see there's a stowaway on this supply truck. And it's Dakota. So Dakota, for some reason, wants to be part of this crew. She's tired of living this life. She wants to be part of the crew. She wants to be involved. She wants to help them. And she has a secret. And the big secret is that she is Virginia's sister. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. Family feud. Here we go. You know, so you got the the Dakota, and she wants to be part of this. She wants to help them escape. I don't know if I missed it. Does she say she wants to leave with them, or does she just want to help them? Did, yeah, does it matter? she wants. Yeah, to, she, she, to wants she wants to leave. She does. I don't. She doesn't want to be there. She doesn't. And, and and let me just say this uh, real fast before you continue onward. Something about this dynamic of Dakota and Virginia, it very much reminds me of Lydia and Alpha in the fact that these they also were relatives, but and it makes daughter. me question. Yeah, 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 exactly. With, with mother and daughter. But it makes me question, you know, whether or not Dakota is someone that can be trusted, because I feel while she does want to get away from her sister, the question is going to be if they were to kill Virginia or attempt to kill her how would she feel about that i don't think she wants to see her sister get killed but it is eventually going to come to that because 
that I mean, both sides are going to go against each other at some point. So I'm curious to see what happens with that character moving forward. But it feels to me like that character, if she feels that her sister is going to get killed, then she might be a little hesitant to want to go through with any plan that they have. Yeah. Well, speaking of plan, Alicia starts questioning her loyalty. It's like, oh, why do you want to help? Even Strand's like, why do you want to help us? And she's like, oh, I'm involved. I hear everything. And I even heard, overheard to Strand, your uh, deal that you made with Virginia. Alicia's like, what deal? And then this is where we get, you know, traditional Strand making these side deals, doing some shadiness. And he still doesn't want to say, he's like, oh. And then Delisha walks off, so he walks over after her, and pretty much we we all try to figure out what kind of deal. I think what it was is that he made a deal of some sort, but the the agreement was to so he can keep Alicia alongside him because he gives this whole speech about how he needs Alicia to be with him so he can remember who he used to be, and he feels that if he loses her because they were all split up, then he's going to forget that part of himself, and he just couldn't do it. So this is why he had to make this type of deal. I don't I don't know. We we talked about what was that he offered her then in Virginia in return. Not sure. Alright, maybe you guys can leave in the comments if you figured that part out. But for some reason we just couldn't figure it out at there. So the next scene, we have Janice. We have uh well, Dakota's off hiding somewhere. That's the other thing. She winds up hiding off. But we have Janice, we have Alicia, we have Strand, we have uh um Charlie uh, Sanjay, and then of course the rest of the the prisoners that were behind the gate, and they're now getting ready to open up this gate, and they come up with a plan. I think it was Janice or Alicia that said that she used to do some cattle herding or something like that, and she figured out, hey, if we do this narrow path, if we create this path, once we open the gate, we could funnel them through, and then with the spears, just start you know plucking them off, and then the remaining prisoners can then drag the bodies away for the side to clear for the next batch. Makes perfect sense. Thing is, you have to be quick with it. And you got to keep steady, right? Or else you're going to get overwhelmed. And again, they don't know how many uh, walkers are in there. But whatever, this is the task. So we do see that there are some rangers. But the rangers, no one wants to help. No one wants to get close to them because of what happened to the other two from the prior night. So it's just all these, they're just the prisoners. Just trying to figure out a plan of how to do this. That, I don't know. Something about it didn't feel right with me, especially when you could see that they're now leading a path out of the warehouse. So none of the rangers found an issue with that. Where they was like, wait, wait, you're creating this whole funnel gate that's pretty much pointing them out of the warehouse. And they had the bars and stuff, sort of like cattle bars. And they were like, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. So it's going to force them into this one uh, funnel. And then we just, and you get them. But whatever. We don't ever hear anything. No issues from the Rangers. They seem to be cool with it as long as they don't have to get involved. So it's back to Sanjay now. Sanjay, your job. Lift up the gate. Let's do this. He does it. He opens up the gate. They start funneling through. Everybody is doing their part. They have their, their little spears. They're doing instant kill shots. One to the head. It's working. This is believable at this point because they're all experienced, right? They've been doing this for now six seasons, so it's no no biggie for them. No one's panicking or freaking out. And then the other prisoners are doing their part. They're dragging the bodies away, dragging the bodies away. Well, 
of course something's going to go wrong here. And some of the bodies start getting sticky. Well, they're all stuck, but they start sticking to each other, start falling. And then other walkers start falling on top of them. And then it starts piling up. And then they start banging against the gate. So then they tell Sanjay to go and close the gate. He's gone. So no one knows where the hell he is. And now they're all banging against the gate. They try to close the gate. The, the, the one opening for the funnel. While they're trying to do that, Charlie gets uh, grabbed or she gets stuck. One or the other. You see her, I think it was her hair or something got stuck to uh, one of the walkers. So then she falls back and as Alicia's trying to get her out while the others are trying to hold the gate to keep this from collapsing. We see that, uh, uh, was, was it a spear or a shot that Dakota did to, to the walker? Rich, do you remember? It was a spear. It was a spear. It was a spear shot. So she, outside. Yeah, all right. So that's what it was a spear. She spears uh, the walker in the head. That gives time for Alicia to pull Charlie out. They thank her. She's like, oh, yeah, I was here. She's very nonchalant. I didn't like her acting in this scene. That, that again, pisses me. I don't know. There's something about it. <laughs> I feel you should always have some urgency whenever dealing with large herds of walkers. I'm sorry. Regardless of what show we're watching, there should always be an urgency because there's so many of them. Anything can happen. If it's one or two, go ahead. You can be real nonchalant about doing this. But when you see that many, and they made it look like it was hundreds, right? It was just like, it looked like endless amount of walkers just funneling through. But whatever. So she's there, and then at the, the perfect timing, you see the soldiers coming with the guns, you know, because I guess they were looking for her. They're like, oh, we found her here on the walkie-talkie, calling Virginia. We found her. They grab her. What are you doing here? She's like, let go of me. Don't touch me. Doing that whole little thing. And uh, they tell all the, the, the prisoners with uh, Alicia and Strand to get against the wall. Put your weapons down. They're like, oh, you see what's happening here. You see what's going on. That's going to collapse. No, shut up. Da, 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 da. Whatever. They get in their faces. What do you think happens? The whole thing collapses. All the walkers are funneling through. All hell breaks loose. Now this, this was a fun scene. You know, and I just want to get you guys insight on all this because this is where we see like what you have mentioned about the, these uh, these rangers. They call themselves rangers. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They got assault rifles and they're just spraying them everywhere and they're still dying. So they quickly, the, the, the handful that are there, they all get killed. So as they're getting killed and you got all the the other soldiers running around and everyone's screaming and I mean that's sort of the prisoners and some of them are getting eaten as well and uh, Strain and Alicia they're just using a spear and Alicia's like we need guns and you know, camera pants showing that all the rangers are dead and they left their weapons. Yeah. So before we move on, what did you guys get from all this? There was a lot that happened here. Did you enjoy this? Because this was a, it was kind of a fun scene, but just the structure and how they put this together and they built all this quick because, again, it's still daylight. It wasn't nightfall yet. I thought, if anything, this was going to take an all-day thing to build this, this funnel system, but they made it seem like, oh, there's something they can put up. So, Dana, what did you think of this? I really enjoyed this scene. It also showed the intelligence that they had um, instead of just, you know, opening the gate and they all just pour out. Let's put them through this cattle and take them off one by one. Um, the fact that they didn't seem to account for the sides possibly collapsing due to just the sheer amount of walkers coming through. Yeah, they didn't um, know. We didn't know. We, no one right. knew how big that warehouse area was. Right. right. And, and so that kind of added to the drama to it. Also, there was the fact that they were, you described them as molasses. The zombies, that stickiness thing. Yeah, that's right. The molasses. That's why they're so and, sticky. 
And that's how, like, you know, I really thought that the, uh, uh, oh, the names, forget me, the woman who got caught by the hair. Charlie. How, yes. How she, I was like, oh, she's a goner. Mm-hmm. And it really did a great job kind of building that tension thing. And I didn't even think about the sister, you know, until she kind of came in and was like, yeah, I was on the outside, which again, kind of makes me wonder if she is like a double spy or just a spy spy in the sense that she was always out there just watching them, yep. you know, and she, whether she, she ran back in, she ran back in to hide because she didn't want the soldiers to find her again. So right. But again, at the same time, she's her sister. So I don't know if it's teenage angst that she's going through or that her sister, again, I don't want to think that the sister would send in her little sister and put her in danger for that. But I just kind of wonder if she would report to her to tell her what was really going on. Also, another thing that I really did like is the fact that um, that was said that Virginia wants what's inside the warehouse. And I did not understand what that meant. I thought, remember back to the first episode with the key? Mm-hmm. After that beheading, I was thinking maybe it's like a collection of keys that opens up to something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like some weird sick scavenger hunt they have to go and find. I was thinking drones because they said, oh, this is, she needs, Virginia needs whatever in there to deal with someone that she's trying to find. And I was like, oh, well, there's probably a bunch of drones. And yeah, maybe it had something to do with the keys. Once they clear all the walkers, there's a bunch of drones in the back. This used to be an Amazon warehouse. And now they need, <laughs> now they need these drones. These are the, the, the uh, Amazon's delivery drones. Now they need these drones that they can send out to go find, you know, with the cameras to go find uh, Morgan. That's what I was thinking. It was something. But all right, continue. Um, yes, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of drones. I was just thinking of like the key. Oh, okay. Maybe, you know, one of the zombies or something was wearing a key, or if it was a specific zombie. I didn't fully know. So that came. That was like a wonderful part of suspense that they built there as well. It was a lot of questions that I just didn't have the answers to until as the show you know progressed. What I really did appreciate is that they did answer a lot of questions without having you make wait until like you know like the end of the season. Mm-hmm. In order to find out things so you know when we get to later on as to you know why they were i don't know if they picked or chosen or they ended up you know not dying for a reason so i appreciated that um i was also a little no sanjay didn't do anything i don't know yeah, we'll get to sanjay we'll get to sanjay but i don't really know why he keeps like teaming with people if he's not going to do anything he was just, but like you, Rich had said, he's a prisoner. He just had no choice but to be there. He, if yeah. it was, I'm sure if they would have said, "Hey, do you want to continue this job or do you want to do something else? Like, do you want to do laundry yeah, duties?" Sure. He probably would have taken that. Yeah, I mean, it was well, it was just weird overall with that, Sanjay. Uh, yeah, Rich. Yeah. So just real quick, it was a great scene, but I want you to get to what happens next because right. I have something to say oh, about oh, that. All right. All right. We'll get into yeah. that. So the next scene is they grab the guns, but they don't start spraying instantly. They they grab the guns because the idea is like, well, there's just too many of these walkers. They can't just blind fire. So they're like, we got to funnel them through again. So they go running. Uh, Strand and Alicia go running off back to their SWAT truck. And once they get in, who do they see? Your boy there, Sanjay. You know, he's freaking out. He's like, I can't go back out there. I can't do this. I can't do this. It was like, oh. I was like, all right, well, we need, we need Actually, to. What? Actually, it wasn't the SWAT truck. It was a trailer. It was just a trailer. Oh, my bad. It was. Yeah. A, all right. So it was just a trailer. So they that's where they, they found him. I guess I thought that because of what happens after when uh, Strand says, all right, well, 
he, he has a plan. He wants to lure them all into that vicinity so that way they can start hosing these guys down with the guns, the, the walkers. So he starts pressing on the horn of the vehicle, and I think that's why I thought it was him. So anyway, so he starts pressing on the horns, and he tells Sanjay, well, at least look outside. Are they coming? He says, no, they're not coming. And he was like, oh, what the hell? This is, thinking in his mind, this always works, right? We make the noise. He says, no, they're not going to give up the chance of fresh meat for the horn, so that's why they're still going after the other prisoners. So he's like, all right. So then this there was a big question mark in my mind and maybe this was the plan all along so remember in this vehicle we have sanjay alicia and strand strand pressing on uh, the, the horn alicia sitting there and sanjay so strand says all right i'm gonna go out so he runs out, tells sanjay scary cat sanjay to stay back so he stands out there the next thing we see is strange just standing out there looking at them like screaming and then sanjay comes out why would Sanjay come out? He is so scared right, that he wouldn't help. And then even now, he when Strand tells him, hey, you know what? Go ahead. Be a scaredy cat. Just stay here. He then decides to jump out. That just confused me at that scene. But I, we see why after. But he comes out and he's like, oh, man, you know, this is crazy. And they're going into the whole thing. And he was, and Strand was like, man, I should have went with my original plan. My plan, I was just going to kill all the guards. And he's like, why didn't you do that? That would have been great. Yeah, why didn't you do that? And then the stranger just looks at him and he just slams him against the side of the wall, covers his mouth, and stabs him a bunch of times. Says, you're going to be the hero you should be right now. So this makes me wonder, and I want to just get your opinion on this scene here. Was this Strand's plan all along? Meaning, like, when he heard Sanchez say they that the walkers are not going to give up the chance for fresh meat for the horn. Do you think this was his plan to hopefully lure Sanjay out so that way he can stab him and use him as bait? Or do you think it was just an opportune moment and that just the light bulb went off in his head like, hmm, I'm outside. Uh, Alicia is inside. She's She doesn't see what I'm about to do because I'm on the side of the vehicle and I can just do this real quick. So what do you think, Rich? You think Strand, this was the plan all along? I think once the fresh meat comment was said, that pretty much planted the seed that... uh. That, that I think he decided at that moment he was going to have to try and, and, and figure out something else. Uh, in terms of the Sanjay character, when we go back to when he first had his conversation with Victor, uh, when they were both in the warehouse, he made the comment of, I wish I had the guts to stand up to these guys. Mm-hmm. And literally, that was what this guy did. He That, that was literally what uh, Victor <laughs> Uh, made happen because yeah, he sliced them. The guts are exposed, and of course the zombies. Oh, here comes the uh, walkers right to Sanjay. Um, and I will say this because I know when we were watching this episode, we all watched it at different times. We had our little comments in the side chat, and I know Dana said uh, some pretty bad stuff about Victor, which I'm gonna let her get to. But I just want to say this before you go to her: the Sanjay character was a coward. Yes, he was a prisoner. But even in, in, in the situation where when they first started this plan and he rose the gates, he just completely disappeared. Yeah. There was no way for the walkers to get to him where he was at because mm-hmm. they, they, that side of the cowbell was, wasn't falling apart. It was the other side. Yeah. So for him to just give up, it was his fault that things escalated to the way that they did because he could have just lowered the gate. Yeah. And yeah. He, could he wasn't there to it. close it. So, I personally think he got what he deserved in the end. And the thing is, is, you know, he did go down as a hero in the eyes of the others because they were surprised to see him 
you know, on the ground being eaten, they were surprised. Like, oh, he, and then, you know, Victor had that little sly line. Yes, he sacrificed himself. It's what he wanted. And when well, we know that was BS. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was that was hilarious. But, yeah, I thought it was uh, that character. I felt like something had to happen to that character because prior to all of this, like, all he had to do was close that gate and things wouldn't have escalated past what what happened so yeah it is his fault so he had to pay the price mm -hmm. dana what do you think about this whole scene here with strand well first of all i speak highly of victor yay um the, the thing with that it was happened to be for me a matter of convenience if you notice that um sanjay was in the trailer he also had the pocket knife that he was clutching onto for like dear life. And, you know, it wasn't until that moment where he said they're not going to do anything unless there's fresh meat. Because it made no sense for him to come outside at all. So I think something is one of those people who's just terrified, just in general, and can't sit still. And he'll just follow anyone, it seems like to me. Because there was a lot of moments where why couldn't he just, you know, stay put? And he didn't. Because yeah, I no. think that whole thing with Victor, with I mean, with Strand, I, I like calling him just Strand. When Strand went out out of the vehicle and was like screaming and doing the whole thing, trying to lure the 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 walkers, I don't think he had the plan to kill Sanjay to use yeah. him as bait. Because if he did, he could have said, "All right, come on, uh, come with me outside. We're gonna come up with a plan." Yeah. Know, but he didn't, and it was like, "Oh wow, this is great timing. You just came out here. You just told me this whole thing of the plan." And remember, this is if we deep dig deep into this one part when. When uh, Sanjay told Strand, like, man, that sounds like a great plan. Why didn't you do it? And it's because that was the mindset of old Strand being very reckless. And that was why he didn't do it. Because Alicia was like, you're going to put us all at risk. You've heard what happened to others that have tried to escape in this, this era. We know there's a bunch of soldiers. Some of us are going to die. And he's always been there because it's all about himself. He's all about survival and doing what's best for himself. And so he said, you know what? You're right. And so right now, this is what's best. And so he just went back to the old strand mentality. And went, <laughs> he killed this one. He's like, yeah, you're going to do your part now. You're going to be the bait. So he dumped them out there. And that's when all the workers now start coming because they hear the bait. But then, of course, we have all the guns on this side. And then they can just hose them down. All right. So let's just get to the next part. And this is a, this is a, this is the part that pissed me off also. You know, it again pissed me off in a weird way. Now that I hate the show, way just like, "Oh, come on, man. Is this really what we where we're going with this?" Is that a, now that all the walkers are dead, they go inside. I think it was it was with Charlie and then Dakota, Dakota if I remember right, if she was leading the way because she was like, "I know what's in here. I know what my my sister wanted was in here, the weapon." They don't find anything. And they're looking around. She's like, "No, I." I and she's like, "Oh, maybe this was all a trap. This was, this was just uh, us to do their dirty work." That's what Strand had said. And she's like, "No, no, no. There's something here. There's something here." And we hear on the walkie-talkie of one of the the fallen soldiers. It's like, "Hey, it's Virginia." She's like, "I'm on my way. Hold my sister. I'm on my way." So we know she's coming with her entourage. What are they gonna do? Are they gonna fight? Do they do the fight? It's like, "No, we're not gonna fight. We're just gonna wait." Virginia and the soldiers show up. Uh, they see everything that went down here. They got their guns. Strand's going to take responsibility. He says, you know what? Don't blame them. This was all me. Da, da, da. I'm sorry. Just take it out on me, not on them. 
she, uh, Dakota goes running off to, well, the sister calls, Virginia calls for Dakota over. It says, you're never going to leave my side again. Get to the truck or whatever it was. And then she tells this at the bar. She tells Virginia, she's like, what do you mean? What's to be upset about? You did something that no one else can do. You cleared this warehouse of all these walkies. You are a leader and you did a great job with this army. You've been promoted. You are now a leader. You know, this is why I did this. This whole thing was pretty much, you know, a test to, to find someone that can put together a group that can complete this type of task. And he did it. So now he is part of the group and of her army. And this, this whole thing just didn't get, I don't know. It, it, it just confused me. And then she was like, oh, and, um, if you, I'm gonna, you're gonna have to prepare them, and eventually I'm gonna call on you for a mission. But if they ever uh, uh, fall out of line, and she handed him something, what was that? Rich or, or Dana, do you know what she put in his hand? I thought it was a key. Oh, you said that's right. That's right. You said it was a key. Yeah, you said it was a key. key. Okay. So she gave him the key. Don't know how that's relevant to the whole thing, but yeah, there you go. Because she said that it wasn't so much like here's a key, but it was like, oh, here if you ever need to put them in line. So what is it to lock them up? I don't know. It was weird. But the, the, so basically, this this ragtag group of uh, survivors, I mean, of prisoners, is now his army. Because uh, that's the way she describes it. Like, hey, you're going to help build me this army and you're going to have this group. You, you guys did a great job and you, you led the way. How does she know it was him? That's the thing. It really wasn't. I think it was Janice that came up with the whole idea of the cattle ranch layout and the funnel. It wasn't Strand's idea. But yet she still puts him as the, the leader of this whole thing. So, all right. So, Dana, what did you think of that little conversation, that discovery, and then also that there was no, there was no weapon. He was the weapon. Whoever was able to complete this task is her weapon. It was smart. Here's the thing: they had intelligence in order to make that that cattle device thing. They used their strength. They used uh, teamwork. So, to me. I thought it was an excellent way to find out who a leader of a group would be, even though it was technically Janice's idea. But overall, I thought it worked great. And, you know, we, again, they didn't know exactly what they was trying to survive for in the sense of what was the task at hand, but they still accomplished it anyway. So it, they work very well under pressure, and they got rid of the weaker one because he's useless. For me, overall, it worked. I don't exactly know what the key means or if it symbolizes something. I do feel that it connects to, remember when we saw in the first episode with the bounty hunter and the yeah. key, it connects to that. I don't know what, maybe it's symbolic. Unlock your inner leadership. No clue. No. Um, but this you know, it still means because the, everyone is a bunch of prisoners. So I do see that this is they're going to overtake or at least try to overtake the maybe her and the guards or whomever, whatever situation is that they're they're doing next. I don't know if this means that they have to like now train as an army. I don't know if this means they're just off to do missions. There was a lot of questions. One of the other questions is so so Virginia doesn't have a second in command. Because that's one thing we never see. We never see that. Like, they see if, like a, 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 someone, pretty much someone Maybe to be like the military leader. The rest of the armies. Oh, 
because I think she's trying because she promoted him. So I'm thinking, and what we'll talk about in the next scene, I think that that role now has been filled by Strand. Oh. That he's in charge of it because that's what I was wondering at that moment. I was like, all right, well, if he's creating your army, who was controlling all this before? Was it really just you? Meaning Virginia, she was the only person. She had nobody at the second in command to say, "Hey, go get those troops ready." I mean, we had in Walking Dead proper, we had Alpha and Beta. Beta was the second in command, you know, running all of that. It was weird, but uh, Rich, anything you want to talk, say about this scene and the big reveal that there, he was the weapon? So first and foremost, let me just say this in regards to the comment about the key. I think we all need to remember, and I'm sure that the people who are listening to this podcast will say the same thing. They are not going to reveal every single thing in one episode. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. the whole point, that key plays a bigger part in what's going to happen later in, in the season. So we'll have to wait and see what that story is about. So I, I didn't really, you know, I don't have a lot to say about that because it's a developing thing with that. As for how everything played out with this scene... I thought everything worked out perfectly. I mean, the entire episode, it was it was it was essentially about Victor Strand and the Victor Strand you know from before versus the one you know now. And if in anyone that has watched this show before knows this is a character that is always out to protect himself and is and will do whatever he needs to do to protect himself. So, my whole thing is that. When they went through that test, and the test was to just basically get him to become a leader for Virginia, I thought that was perfect, because I'm pretty sure that that was not a deal that he was intent on doing. We already saw from the beginning of this episode, he wanted to do whatever he could to escape, and he definitely wanted Alicia to be there because she was a reminder of how he used to be. Mm -hmm. So that's fine, which is why it was very ironic how, when it came to the very end, and once they were able to get past the test, he was the one that was essentially promoted to another position. Um, whereas Morgan is a character that Virginia despises because he is a reminder of the past and also a reminder that they do have the strength to rebel against anyone that they feel is putting them down. This is why she wants Morgan eliminated as a threat. And yet to start the future over again, taking the people that was a part of his team and making them a part of her future is what the whole plan is with all of this. Yeah. So and I, I, and I think, and they said that they saw the tapes. That was a, another key moment when yes, Alicia had talked to Dakota and was like, what, how do you know? It's like, I watched the tapes. We've all watched the tapes, but I think that was a big part. Also the story of Morgan, like you said, it's not so much that he's just a leader, but here it is. He was a wanderer who showed up and created a group. He he found all these people, put them together, and I think Virginia sees that he is a threat that he can do the same again. And that's exactly. the last thing that she wants to worry about, that he then finds a bunch of people, makes another group, and then sends that group after after her. But uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it's alright the way they did that whole thing. So the next scene, so now it's at night, so I guess they cleared things up, whatever they were doing. But then we find out that they're going separate ways. It's another little disbursement happening here. And Janice tells Alicia, well, I'm not going wherever you're going because I just got reassigned to laundry duty. Of course, that makes perfect sense. Everybody's dirty. Somebody had to clean off the molasses, right? So she is laundry duty. So there goes that. Goodbye. And then we see Strand come out. And Strand is all cleaned up. And he's got a badge. 
right? You see that? He's got like a badge. He is now, you know, part of the crew. So uh, he walks over to Alicia, and this is where it's a pretty impactful scene. Because he tells her, it's like, hey, remember what I said before about how you remind me of the past and the type of person you used to be? Well, I don't want that anymore, and I have reassigned you. So not only is he in charge of the army and he's now part of her crew, he is in charge of reassignment. He has a, a new role, and he says, I sent you somewhere else. We don't find out in this episode where she's going, but he just says, hey, you've been reassigned, and I'm sorry. He gets real emotional about the whole thing. Pretty much saying, I'm going to forget the person I used to be, and by doing that, I need you out of the picture, which is kind of ironic because he is acting exactly like how he used to be. This is the dark strand that we, we first were introduced to in the earlier seasons. So I, I didn't understand that part because I'm like, you're still doing it. But then he then uh, gives Alicia the the medallion, the St. Christopher medallion that Daniel had given him. So he says, here, take this. And she she looks at it and she's like, oh, man, what's going on? And then he walks off as they, they do this nice track shot where you could see her off in the distance and he's walking. He's crying. This is very hard for him. And this part... In particular, because I thought this would be the part where he says, hey, I have a plan. I'm going to destroy this place from the inside. You know, this was his greater plan. But he doesn't mention that. And the fact he gets all emotional tells me maybe that's not the plan. Maybe he really is turning toward the dark side and say, you know what? I'm just going to be this guy. Whatever she wants me to do. It it still baffles me that he he hasn't figured out that when she says, I need your army to be on standby to do a mission to go find somebody. He still doesn't figure out, oh, wait a minute. This is talking about Morgan. Maybe because he he thinks Morgan's dead. But then again, they didn't see what happened to Morgan. They were already in their vehicles being sent away when Virginia shot Morgan. And there's no mention of Morgan here, too. And I think that was by design because they wanted for the big reveal at the end. But not one person in this group gives two shits about what happened to Morgan. No one said, hey, have you heard of Morgan? Did you, do you think they brought him in? Because they don't know. They Virginia didn't sit, tell them that she killed him, right? No, no, she never said that. Right? But but she said in that last episode that if they think that he's dead, then they can yeah. change. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. That's what I'm saying. But she, we don't ever hear that moment where... Yeah, we don't know, hear that. Yeah, that she says, hey, uh, you know he's dead. I, I, I just want to make a quick comment, and then I'm going to let you continue. Um, in, in regards to that scene, uh, I, I do have a one, one criticism. Um, as I said earlier on this show, we, we, we saw that, you know, uh, Virginia's uh, army or the ragtag rangers, they are not equipped to handle any of these real tough situations. So as I said, I don't see them as a threat. This is why I find it hard to believe that Victor would continue to go along with this plan of working with her because, I mean, it's pretty obvious if they can take out that obstacle with the group that they have, I would think as a viewer watching the show, they can definitely take down Virginia. But you know what the issue is that I have from a storyline standpoint, I would love to know why is he willing to work with her? If it was something where, you know, they revealed, well, we need her alive because we need to find out where all the where the rest of our people are located at because she only she knows that information Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if if that was established as that's the reason why he's willing to work with her that would make a hundred percent sense but they never ever alluded to any of that never said any of that and then it's just like 
well, yes, now I must forget about you, you know, uh, because the past is dead, because that's exactly what the, what uh, Jenny wants everybody to do, to forget about the past and focus on the future. It's, so and, that's and a problem. It, that is a problem. And now that I think about it, it's like at that early in that scene, once we see that all the the Rangers have been killed by the walkers and that's when they grabbed the guns, they had all the guns. We already knew that there was only nine Rangers at that location. Mm-hmm. If they're all dead and you have the weapons and you know Virginia's on her way with her entourage, you still have nine guns from those nine yes. fallen. Stand your ground. Hose down those vehicles as they approach. This is it. You, but, they could have done it, but then they decide not to at that moment. But you know why they, they didn't do that? Because then it would be that would be the end of the season. <laughs> You know, we can't, you know, you know, Morgan and company, you know, we're not going to have our final Morgan show shows now. Up with the Cowboys that come ready to help. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't need it, man. We did it. I did everything. Look, we got this whole thing. You you got the top floor. We we set up an apartment for you. No, this is our new compound. This is where we live now. Everything is cool. Everything is yeah, cool. Yeah, they, they, they pretty much have to stretch it out because I guess they want to tell us on a week-by-week basis, this is what's happening to these characters, so on and so forth, and then eventually you bring them together. And then, I guess... Once they are aligned with Morgan, then they have all the power in the world to stop Virginia. I guess that's what they are telling us. But I agree that it would have been good to establish that why is uh, this guy willing to work with her? Uh, because it would give more meaning as to why he just it takes on the new role and is and there's no resistance at all. That, that would have been better because I look at Virginia. This is not a character that has a ton of power. They will make you believe that she has a ton of power. But as, again, the people around her are not, they, they, they can't get the job done. No, That's what no, I saw no, in this episode. No, so yeah. it's reason to doubt it. And so. during the same part, just so people know, like, hey, wait, you're missing a key part. No, I didn't miss it. I didn't want to skim over. I just wanted to just jump into this part. But we do see Daniel again with Charlie. Mm-hmm. And Charlie, Daniel is giving Charlie a haircut to cut off some of the parts of the hair that has all that molasses on it. And again, She's talking, it's, hey, Daniel, don't you remember me? Don't you remember everything back what we did? And it's like, he's like, no, I don't know you. You know, are you, were you friends with my daughter? <laughs> you know, he's, uh, and she was like, oh, no. But then she sees a ukulele there. So she picks it up. She starts playing, you know, it's all right. And uh, because she was like, hey, remember, you taught me this. And no, nothing's tricking. He knows the song, but he doesn't. And that's the other thing that sort of confuses me with all this, because he had talked about before he remembered his wife wearing that uh, St. Christopher type medallion. He just mentioned his daughter here. He does know how to cut hair. So he still knows key things in his life. How do you not remember these parts? But this was a very quick little segment right here where he still says like he doesn't remember anything. But I think we don't find out where Charlie goes. We know Janice goes to laundry duty. We know that um, uh, which Alicia gets sent off somewhere. But we don't. Did, did did I miss that? Did anybody here know where Charlie goes? Yeah, they they they, they never said that. So I guess we'll we'll find out. Right? They never said so, that. All right. All right. So then, yeah. so this is it. So this is the final scene. As mentioned, Strand is walking off crying. Uh, uh, which Alicia gets into a vehicle that gets taken off. And then now we see there's a soldier, uh, well, a ranger. We see Daniel. It's a wagon. And we see um, uh, there was a, wait, was there somebody else? I'm missing something. I feel like there was somebody else in the back of the wagon. Or was it just Daniel and? Yeah, the, D- Daniel was taking the guard somewhere. That's it. All right. So I was just wasn't yeah. sure if there was somebody. But he starts whistling. 
the same thing. It's all right. And then he hears something. And then he stops the wagon. The cop's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I left my, my good scissors inside. You know, I need my good scissors. The ones I have on me are going to be horrible. It's going to take forever to do cuts. And the cop's like, oh, fine. I'll go get it. So he goes in, which is kind of funny because, I mean, if anything, you would probably tell the, you know, the, your, the, the guy who forgot it because then he would clearly know where the scissors are, right? But whatever. He says he's going to go get it. Daniel gets out of the wagon. He does the whistle again. He hears the whistle respond back off in the distance. He starts walking for the route. He sees a walker. As a walker starts approaching him, walker gets killed by a staff. We know what's going to pop up here. We know who's going to pop up here. Sure enough. And it's very dramatic, too. It's like the hat, (laughs) you know, with the head down. And then because he says, you hear Daniel say, hey, uh, thank you, friend. Or something to that effect. And then uh, the camera zooms in and you see the hat, you know, and the ruggedness of the hat, the dirt and the grit. And then it lifts up and you see Morgan's like, you know who I am, Daniel. You know, that whole thing. And I was just waiting for that, that the old Western music to play off in the background. You know, or something. Maybe they couldn't get the rights, but it would have been perfect for that moment. And... This is where we now, and you had alluded to this earlier, it's like, it's the cat's out of the bag. Daniel is just fooling everybody. He's just playing dumb. He knows, and he's like, it's good to see you, Morgan. He takes his hand out. They shake hands. Boom. The scene is over. So now we know Daniel's playing dumb. He clearly knows everything that's going on, but he's trying to play dumb so that way he can maybe gather more information. Clearly, he's close with Virginia because he was cutting her hair. He had scissors. He could have easily just stabbed her. I'm like, I'm the ruler of this land. You know, he could have did something like that. You know, but he didn't. And uh, poof, we see that Morgan has found the right location because that was the thing. We didn't know where Morgan was going to go. We knew Morgan said in the last episode, hey, you know, this is it. There's a new version of me. And he was on a mission. Maybe he has a map because we know that there are multiple uh compounds that virginia has well he chose the right one because not only did he find daniel he also found strand and he found this is where virginia is based so and of course and alicia and charlie and 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 janice and i'm sure they're going to play a part in the next episode because i'm thinking that this plan now is to free them and to fight back in this location but then we i have a feeling next episode is going to show us the other location so we can see where where june and john and the rest are you know and with the the rabbi and stuff like that so they're they're going to be on that part but right here i think this was kind of cool we got to see it 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 leaves a lot of questions the big reveal of course was the daniel thing and i sort of felt that this was going to happen i couldn't believe that that Virginia had this type of uh, technology or medicine or whatever it was, the uh, drugs that could just wipe someone's memory. But uh, I don't know. Rich, Dana, whoever want to jump in, what did you think of this closing scene of episode two? Excellent. It was a, a pure cowboy moment. Um, I loved it. It was a couple of confusing things because it was like, oh, I forgot my scissors. I thought he was going to go back and get his scissors. Oh, oh, I can't believe I brushed over this. I actually did forget that one soldier that was there that said goodbye to um, Strand. She says, welcome to the club. And that's the name of this episode. So if anybody was wondering, welcome to the club. And also uh, in that, you know, in the very leading up to that last uh, scene with Morgan, 
Strand did once again try to reach out to Daniel, and then remember he told him, you know, well, you're very oh, lucky. Yes, that's right. That he said you, in that Spanish you got, that you can't that you remember. Yeah. yeah, he told him in Spanish, you're lucky that you can't remember. That's when he walked and started crying. Yeah. You know? So that that's very important that you remembered that scene because that tells Daniel also that that uh um I was gonna call Morgan that uh Strand is still dealing with this as a serious issue he hasn't fully embraced virginia's ideas and now has fallen to the fold he still has that conflict he doesn't want to do this and it's hard for him so that's important because we know from the previous seasons daniel doesn't like strand doesn't trust him really wanted to kill him multiple times of course he got shot in the face by strand there's a bunch of things people thought that daniel was dead in a fire crazy backstory i'm sure the the listeners of this already know that all right, so keep going. So, um, yes, I thought he was going to go back and get the, this is himself, but he wasn't. And then this is the moment where I kind of suspected something was a little bit off. Um, he got he goes out of the horse carriage, which I thought was kind of odd. And I thought that this was like he maybe he was going to plant something in order to, you know, I don't know, distract the other guys or maybe kill off somebody. I don't know what. But then he reaches out and he pulls out a knife and... He's standing right next to the horse, right next to his eye. And the Walking Dead and horses does not have a... He talked to the horse, too. Yes. Yeah, that kind of made me really think something awful was going to happen. The show does not have a good reputation with animals, especially horses. Um, But the fact that, um, you know, he was whistling and someone whistled back was like, oh okay, this is weird. And I didn't know if Morgan the entire time was casing the joint. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because just to come out at that exact moment and to know that it was him. And, you know, it kind of seemed like a weird coincidence because the fact that he said, I left my scissors. Oh, so you think he really did? I think it was a plan. Oh, you think it was a plan? All right, because that's the thing. I I thought that when he whistled and he heard the whistle back, that's when he decided to stop and then want to to investigate so he told the guy hey i left my scissors you know and then the guy left too but you're thinking it was way too convenient for me because it was like oh i left my scissors all of a sudden to distract the guy i'm going to come out of the carriage pull out a knife just you know start with then wait for a whistle whistle back to me that's a signal yeah people yeah it was a signal it was a signal and that was his favorite song that was his favorite song Mm -hmm. And the fact that you say, you know, we previously heard, oh, I don't know this song, you know, like, it's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but um, everybody knows the song, but it was just, it's just something like it was too convenient. So for me, I felt like this was some weird plan. How they got the plan out, I don't know, but this was some kind of plan. And, you know, the the fact that then the walker came and then you saw like, that was great as well because it carried over to that cowboy scene that we got in the first episode and like he's just like you know this lone ranger who's coming back for justice Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it really worked I don't know though if now they're going to pair up and leave or if he's going to just tell him something and they'll have like a quick meet up while the guy is looking for the guy's scissors so because I think about it I was like it definitely wasn't a setup plan just from the reaction we see with, with Daniel, it was like, it's good to see you, Morgan. So it's not like, oh, well, I saw you again you know, earlier, and uh, this is it, and now we're just meeting up again to get the strategy out. Carrier or something for him to get the message out. 
I don't know. That's the thing. I just don't know how they communicate mm-hmm. to me. It's not like they communicated before, whether it's through secret message or I don't know what. Yeah, but they could do. They could show a little flashback later on in the next episode that maybe he was whistling and he heard the whistle. And that's when he looked off in the distance and saw that Morgan was in the vicinity. I was like, oh, okay. So that's going to be their code, the whistle. Who knows? I don't know. But, Rich, what did you think of this? Did you understand? Did you think there was a a plan already in place or it was just coincidence? Uh, I mean, I would have to rewatch it again to really analyze. My only key takeaway is, yeah, you know, Morgan is, is now there, so... Let's see what happens now moving forward. And we know that Daniel has been playing all this time. Uh, so, yeah, this is great. Uh, I did, however, want to make one comment and say uh, next week's episode is actually about Al and Dwight. So it's we may not come back to that right away in the next episode. It may be a little while before we mm-hmm. get back to what's happening with Morgan. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's the thing. We'll see where Dwight is and, and with Al. They're probably at that other group with everyone else. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So this is it. This was our review of Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 2. Welcome to the club. I enjoyed it. I think it was fun. It had a lot going on. There was a lot of action, a lot of craziness, a lot of walkers. So, yeah. So thanks again for listening and subscribing. Thanks for checking us out over at the Coalition with a K, Coalition.com, or checking us out on the YouTube if you're doing that. Leave comments. We're also on iTunes and Spotify. Just do a search I am Negan. And uh, if you don't know, we're covering everything. We're covering all of Fear Walking Dead, World Beyond, uh, the Walking Dead proper when that returns, and then eventually the, the Daryl and Carol spinoff. So again, thanks to everyone, and we will see you for the next episode, which will be World Beyond Episode 4, right? That's it? Yep. Episode 4. Yeah, wow. It's, it's moving along. All right, everybody. Peace.